Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Albert is a 71-year-old retired school teacher who comes to see you for follow-up after a recent hospitalization for pneumonia. He has a history of type 2 diabetes and chronic renal disease. He was hospitalized for three days and things were uneventful with his fever resolving by the second day. When he was discharged though, the doctor only prescribed two more days of antibiotics. Al asks you if he needs to be treated longer because when his mother had pneumonia, she was on antibiotics for 10 days. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to talk about caring for community-acquired pneumonia is Dr. Alan Ehrlich, Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and the Executive Editor of Dynamed. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Frank. So, uh, Albert's hospitalization for pneumonia. Who needs to be hospitalized these days? How do we decide who to hospitalize for community-acquired pneumonia? Well, one of the things you want to think about is that each patient needs to be evaluated on an individual basis. There are some validated clinical prediction rules that can help when you're uncertain, but if your clinical judgment is pointing you in one direction or the other and there are overriding factors, you should always take that into account. One of the most well-known of these clinical prediction rules, and it's endorsed by the Infectious Diseases Society of America and the American Thoracic Society, is the Pneumonia Severity Index. It's also known as the uh, PORT score. And what this does is it gives you one point for each year of age in males, or uh, one point for each year of your age minus 10 for females, and then you get additional points for comorbidities, abnormal, abnormal vital signs, and abnormal labs. You then make a decision based on the total number of points. If the total is more than 90 points, then that patient is classified as either class four or class five in the system, and they should be hospitalized. The reason is that the 30-day mortality for class four patients is about 9%, and for class five, it's about 27%. By contrast, if you're class three, your risk is only about 0.9%, and it's even lower for class one or class two. So all this needs to be used in context of individual patients, such as do they have the ability to uh, follow up reliably if things worsen? Are there family or friends that can help monitor them? And likewise, you know, some healthcare organizations will have uh, sophisticated hospital at home programs that allow high levels of care to be delivered without formal hospital admission. You take all those things into account. In Albert's case, you have a guy who's 71, he's got some diabetes, if his blood sugar is up, and if his, uh, he's got the renal impairment, then he's going to qualify for hospitalization. But again, using a validated prediction rule is probably the best way to help, uh, particularly in areas when you're uncertain. Okay, so we do his pneumonia severity index, and he's hospitalized, and now he's discharged. Let's say you've got patients in the outpatient setting. How, how does treatment differ between inpatient antibiotics versus outpatient antibiotics? Outpatients are generally treated with one of a couple of regimens, and you have to assess them for risk factors for resistant organisms, including recent use of antibiotics within the past couple of months. 
but typical regimen would be amoxicillin one gram three times a day. If there is macrolide resistance that is less than 25% in the region, if you know that, then you can go ahead with <clears throat> azithromycin, 500 milligrams on the first day, followed by 250 milligrams for the next four days, or other variations using things like clarithromycin, or alternatively, doxycycline, 100 milligrams twice a day is also an acceptable outpatient regimen. If there are chronic renal uh, disease or uh, diabetes or other comorbidities, then you want to think about treating a little more aggressively and using a respiratory fluoroquinolone like levofloxacin, 750 milligrams a day, or moxifloxacin, 400 milligrams a day would be an option. Or you could go with some type of combination therapy, which would be either amoxicillin clavulanate or cephalosporin uh, combined with a macrolide uh, such as azithromycin or clarithromycin. And that, that would be an alternative, again, when you're dealing with um, people who have comorbidities. All right. So Albert's mother was treated for 10 days for her community-acquired pneumonia. Um, that seems to be old school. What are the new current recommendations? So in 2019, the Infectious Disease Society of America and the American Thoracic Society uh, got together uh, to work on a guideline. And what they recommend is a minimum of five days for uh, patients with community-acquired pneumonia. And it doesn't matter if they're inpatients or outpatients, but you want five days and they need to be clinically stable or else you, have, you continue. And clinically stable means you things like normal vital signs, they're eating properly, their normal uh, normal cognition and mentation. And again, this is for what I would call run-of-the-mill routine uh, community-acquired pneumonia. You want to use a longer duration if there are unusual organisms or if there are other organs involved, in case, such as if they have meningitis. Interestingly, there was a recent article by French researchers where they did a randomized trial of uncomplicated uh, patients who had been hospitalized with community-acquired pneumonia, and they randomized them to the three days of inpatient antibiotics, followed by five days of outpatient therapy, and these were all people, again, who were stable after three days, versus uh, five days of placebo as an outpatient. And what they found was there were no significant differences in either the cure rate or 30-day mortality. And so this is suggesting that even though the guideline is currently at five days, you might get away with even just three days of antibiotics for community-acquired pneumonia. I guess it could also imply that most community-acquired pneumonia is viral and no days of antibiotics would be beneficial, but probably risky. You know, you raise a really good point, uh, Frank. Part of the problem is that whenever you ha are trying to assess benefit, if in your study you include a lot of people who are going to get better anyhow, it makes it harder statistically to show that your intervention was actually effective. You know, we've also over the years tried things like using procalcitonin levels to see who needs antibiotics and who doesn't. And at this point, that still hasn't really panned out. And unless you're following an evidence-based protocol, the guideline doesn't recommend the use of procalcitonin in these situations. Okay, so now we want to reassure uh, Albert. What should we be telling him? I think we should tell Albert that we have to try and balance the benefits of antibiotics while trying to minimize the harms that come from taking antibiotics. 
we know antibiotics can cause a lot of unpleasant side effects and they can hurt the good bacteria in our intestines. This is something most patients have an awareness of as a potential problem. And in fact, I routinely advise probiotics when I'm prescribing antibiotics for this very reason. Most patients like Albert are just looking for reassurance that if a treatment has changed from before, from how they're used to it, that there's a good reason. And it's not because the doctor is making a mistake or someone's trying to save money by not giving them a full treatment. And you know, this kind of conversation I think is really important to have, be able to have with patients uh, as we rely more and more on evidence-based medicine to guide what has been a lot of just uh, tradition that's been handed down over the years of, well, we treat everybody for 10 days, we treat everybody for two weeks. A lot of those uh, old recommendations came about because we were trying to minimize relapse, but we weren't taking into account the harms associated with prolonged therapy. And so, you know, we're probably getting into a better balance at this point in time. This is a great example of how best evidence can help us drive care and improve outcomes while decreasing adverse events that we sometimes cause. Alan, this is terrific. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me this morning, Frank. Practice pointer. For community-acquired pneumonia, use a validated pneumonia scale to determine who needs to be hospitalized. And when you treat in the outpatient setting, use a minimum of five days of antibiotics and then let that same validated scale drive how much longer you need to treat. Join us next time when we talk about the influence of diabetes distress on patient care and how to address it during clinical practice. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.